on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. I think there's a scourge in the world today called socialism. It's something that is doing the devil's work. I want to I wanna absolutely crush it. And the way to crush it is hashtag a billion millionaires. So we're looking to have a billion people be millionaires on this planet Earth. And that's what's going to make our world a better place. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Nikki Ballou here on the King stage. My brother, how you doing? I'm blessed and grateful to be here. Chaz, thanks so much for having me. Of course. Well, we are excited to have you. Nikki, what kind of business or maybe businesses are you bringing to the King's table today? Well, Chaz, I'm all about serving entrepreneurs. Our mission is to help add one to two zeros to every entrepreneur's income while helping him work, you know, 10 to 20 hours less per week. I'm a believer in the freedom, free expression and free enterprise. I think there's a scourge in the world today called socialism. It's something that is doing the devil's work. I want to I want to absolutely crush it. And the way to crush it is hashtag a billion millionaires, hashtag a billion millionaires. So we're looking to have a billion people be millionaires on this planet Earth. And that's what's going to make our world a better place. I love it. I love it. And, you know, we were just talking off air. The I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit more. It's not just about the millions. We were talking about a whole bunch of other quality things that is required of entrepreneurs and, and specifically men. And I'm sure you can attest to that here shortly, but you're right, man. Like having a billion millionaires, that would change the environment. That is for sure. It would change the way that where we're headed. That's for sure as well. I want to know before we get into your story a little bit, if you'll tell me, Nikki, like, why do you think this way? Or why are you at this stage still running hard or coming on a podcast? Why are you telling your story? What's the, what's the bigger picture for you? It's a great question. So let me start by telling you a little bit about my background. So I'm actually originally an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. Wow. When I was a young boy, the Islamic revolution happened in Iran and toppled the secular government of the Shah. And my late father, God rest his soul, he could see the writing on the wall that this is no longer going to be a great place to raise Christian family. So he got us out of Iran and we eventually settled in Canada. I live in Toronto right now. And every day I thank God for my late father and his pre-science, you know, because I don't know if you're seeing what's happening around the rest of the world and in particular in Iran these days, but just a few weeks ago, a young woman, 22 years old named Massa Amini, she was murdered by the so-called morality police for the crime, quote unquote, of going outside with her hair partially uncovered. Because in Iran, women are not allowed to go outside with their hair uncovered. And you think about that. I know it's very fashionable in the West these days for tons of people to go, oh my God, America, oppressive, racist, sexist, horrible. Right. Bull crap. This is the greatest, most tolerant, most incredible place on earth. 
We all need to push hard against these bastards and pawns of the devil who are trying to tell us that this is anything other than the greatest, most amazing place on earth. Because if you were in Iran right now and you were trying to say those things, the government would actually kill you, yeah, would take you story. into custody. And that's not just in Iran, it's in countries all over the world. We are fortunate, we are blessed, we are lucky to get to live in the free West. And to me, that is the foundation of success. Now, my late father, he was an entrepreneur. He's the greatest man I ever knew. If you needed a job, dad would get you a job. If you're looking to start a business, dad would get you set up in business. Even if you were going to compete with him, he didn't care about that. He just wanted to help people. Yeah. And if you worked for him and you didn't have enough money to buy a car, an apartment, a house, dad would help you buy that car, that apartment, that house. And you might think to yourself, what? Who does that? Well, the late great Napoleon Ballou, my father, did that. Yeah. And you might go, well, why would he do that? Well, he was a Christian and yeah. he believed that he'd been blessed by God. And it was his obligation as a Christian to share those blessings. Yeah. But he also, also did it because he could. He was successful. He had the wherewithal to be able to help his fellow man and woman. And I want to be just like my dad. My dad's the greatest man I ever knew. I want to be an entrepreneur. So I became an entrepreneur. And here's what I saw, Chaz. Most entrepreneurs are good people. They got good hearts. They want to create a legacy for themselves and their families. They want to provide for their families. They want to do good things for the world out there. It's all there for the entrepreneur. That's what they want. But you know what? Some of them, they, they hold back. They don't want to be seen as pushy. They don't want to be seen as salesy. Sure. They don't want to reek of commission breath jazz that's right you know what i'm saying and as a result they hold back they don't go after business they should be going after so they don't get to grow their business to the level they ought to their business stays a little bit stagnant okay and their client who could have gotten benefit from working with them doesn't get that and some charlatan marketer comes in and gets that business because they got no compunctions about saying what they have to to get the business right but they don't deliver and the sum total of goodness in the world comes down. And I, I saw doubt. this yeah. and I thought, my God, what if we could change this whole narrative around? What if we could reframe selling and salesy to yeah. serving and service? Yeah. Nobody wants to be sold. Chaz, you don't want to be sold. I don't want to be sold. That's right. But everybody loves to be served by a caring human being because the person sitting in front of you, there's someone's father, someone's mother someone's daughter someone's son someone's yeah. brother someone's sister they have hopes dreams fears they've been disappointed by life maybe they've even been disappointed by someone just like you sitting in front of them right and you you need to show up for them with all your heart with all your love to help get them out of this this disappointment out of this skepticism take them out of the hell they're in and bring them to heaven that's first and foremost what you need to do as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, I can tell we're going to have quite a bit of fun here um, <laughs> if, if that's the opener. So I guess what I pulled out of that is you not only want to be like your dad, which I think is an incredible respect and, and admiration that you have, but specifically you described him as someone who's caring, someone who had certain beliefs and then lived on those beliefs. And, and I think that, that that right there should resonate with every listener across the board because, man, if you don't stand for something, you fall for everything, right? That's a song, brother. 
There you go. Aaron That's Tippett. Right. You know the song? Yeah, of course. Of course. So let's talk about your journey a little bit more. You've obviously been around the entrepreneurship game for a minute, but talk about the very beginning. Like, how did you get started as a business owner or why did you get started? What was the, the story of the very beginning? Well, you know, I think I told it already with respect to my father. I wanted to be okay. like dad and I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. It was important. And there was a, there's a period in my life where I had gone through a, a rough divorce, you, you know, and my business had just collapsed around me. And I saw, you know, I saw a man deliver a talk and he seemed to be speaking to me. So at the end of the talk, I walked up to him. I go, that was an excellent talk. I think I need to hire you. And you looked me over. He said, all right. I charge $5,000 for five hours of my time. There are no guarantees and there are no refunds. And I'm like, whoa, at that time I was going through divorce. I didn't have any money. I was sleeping on my mother's couch. I said, I don't have that kind of money. Yeah. He said, I know you don't. He said, I'm going to give you some advice, kid. Okay. <laughs> right? He said, doesn't matter whether you have the money. What matters is how bad do you want change? Your resources are irrelevant to your resourcefulness. Is yeah, that's right. And I said, okay, give me a couple, give me a couple days. So I was a personal fitness trainer at the time. I walked over to some clients and I said, I got good news for you. You know, these are folks who've been dickering about whether or not to get started. I said, you need to lose weight. I need money. I'm going to give you the deal of a century, half price. But you got to say yes. You got to pay in full by the end of this call or the deal's off. So I got a couple guys to say yes. I had a couple thousand bucks. I walked over to this fella. And I said, here you go. And he said, what's well, this? That's just a couple thousand. So I said, 5,000. I said, hey, listen, listen, how many people other than me have you given this talk to? He said, oh, over the years, 30, 40. Go, Besides me, who else came forward with any money? He right. said, oh, you're the first. I said, take my money and I'll sign a contract right. committing to when I'll pay the rest. And so he said, okay. And the rest is history. Within four months, I made $100,000 after making nothing <laughs> for the longest time. Yeah. And it taught me something important. You need to be resourceful. There are four qualities to becoming successful. Four qualities. First, you must be decisive. You must make a decision yeah. just to kill off all the other alternatives. Yeah, I love it. To be successful. Then you must commit. You can't say, I'll give us a shot. I'll kick a tire. No, you got to say, I'm in it to win it. I commit whatever it takes. I'm willing to be bad before I'm good. All the way. Every master was once a disaster. And then you got to be coachable. And obviously you need to be resourceful. You need to come up with the time, the energy, the money yeah. to do this. And that, 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 that's important. You know, this individual, he taught me about getting my message nailed. So I nailed my message. And then I learned that I need to do that for other clients. And there was a, there was a client of mine, young fella. His name was Dan. And he was a personal fitness trainer. These are those good dudes. You know what I'm talking about? Kind yeah. of guy that you see them, you just want to, you want to be friends with them. You, you sure. want, you want your friends to be friends with them. Right. You, you want to, you want to see him win. You root for this guy. Like you go out of your way to help him win. You know what I mean? Uh, you know the kind so. of guy I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And that was that type of dude. And he came to me, but the dude was just all over the place. I go, okay, who do you help? He goes, I really, I can help anybody. So eager. So, you know, I go, okay, no, no, but really, who do you help? No, no, I can really help anybody. Like, I can help them get in shape. I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, anybody with a wallet and a pulse stand? He goes, <laughs> I guess so, yeah. And I go, no, that's not going to work. You need to narrow your focus. You can't be all things to all people. It doesn't work. So right. he was making 
twelve, thirteen hundred a month, and he lives in Toronto. Now I don't know if you know anything about Toronto, brother. <laughs> Toronto is like the New York City of Canada. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, do you know the cost of living in New York? If you understand anything about that, you understand the cost of living in Toronto. Okay. Yeah, so absolutely. this was not enough money for him. You had to borrow from mom and dad, right? It's embarrassing. So he goes, okay, okay. I'll narrow my niche. All right. My dad's a doctor. We work with doctors. All right. Um, why? He goes, well, dad's a doctor. Doctors make a lot of money. I'm like, that is not a good message. You can't go to the market and go, dad's a doctor. Doctors make a lot of money. It didn't right. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, okay, okay, I'll narrow some more. I'll narrow some more. Cardiologists. I'm going to work with cardiologists. I mean, these guys, they, they need help and they make more money than doctors. <laughs> We're not getting yeah, it. That's not going to work as a message. Yeah. And all of a sudden, serendipity strikes. And he starts working with this guy who was a Paralympic athlete. His leg had been missing since he was a child in an accident. He was an African-Cuban fellow, and his name was Papito Wilson. And he wanted you to pronounce his name just right. You know what I'm saying? So Papito, he was a good dude, too. Those two worked out together. It was great. Got him ready. Got back to training for the Paralympic Games. He won some medals. So good stuff, right? Dan just loved it. He took to this. Man, it really touched his soul. He goes, Nikki, I know how to work with these people with missing limbs. I really want to help them. And I just thought about it. And I said, you know, Dan, it's a good idea. Why don't, you, why don't you do that? Brother, in six weeks, he signed up 400 clients. Wow. Six weeks, 400 clients. Now, as a personal one-on-one fitness trainer, that, that was impossible to manage. He had to change uh, his business model, <laughs> work with people in groups and so on and so forth and online. Yeah. But he added not one zero, but two zeros to his monthly income. Yeah. He went from four figures to six figures a month. You think about this. Why? Why did he do that? How? Well, first of all, folks with missing limbs love this message. I'm going to make you strong. I'm going to help you, you know, get fit and work out. Now, you and I, we have all our limbs by the grace of God. But imagine putting yourself in the shoes of someone who doesn't. They probably aren't thrilled about not having all their limbs. They probably have some negative beliefs about what's possible for them. Right. But this fellow comes in and goes, you're going to be just as strong as anybody else. But the underlying message is you're just as good as anybody else. Right. And that's why they responded. And that's why this young man got to work with so many people. Because listen, what is business? Business is about what I call the 3P formula. The 3P formula is it's about solving acute problems for wonderful people for wonderful profit. People, problems, profit. There you go. Well, if the listener is paying attention, you've given them already so much to take away. I want to know from your history of building your business. I love, I love the example of how you've been able to help Dan. I think that honing in your avatar and your message, those two things, we could, we could talk the rest of the podcast just on those two things and probably fill up the entire time. I want to know from, from building your business, what was a good decision that you made or what was the thing that you helped, you know, like, just like you said with Dan. What did you do in your business that, that's super applicable? Good decision that you can make that you can look back and, and share with the listener. Great question. So if you really want to be successful, you need to own your value. Okay. You need to what do you mean own by that? your value. So when I started as a coach, I, I charged $25 an hour 
and then I went to 50 and 60 and 100, 200. And one of my coaches said, dude, no. I'm like, what? I said, no, stop charging with this. I go, how should I charge? He said, you charge based on the value of the outcome you offer people. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he said, triple your fees. So I did immediately. As soon as I tripled my fees, I got more clients. <laughs> it was just incredible. And, you know, I started to teach. I became an evangelist for this. I was like a zealot around it. No, no, you, you are undercharging. You're just, you're shortchanging your clients. And here's what, here's what I saw is that when you don't get what you should get, you won't give what you should give. Sure. You know, money is an exchange of energy. If you're undercharging, you're going to undergive. You rob your client. And if your client underpays for something, they're not going to show up. Yeah. Now, just imagine this, Chaz. Let's just say, Chaz, you're a relationship coach for men. You work with entrepreneurs with $25 million companies whose wives have said, Sayonara! Out of here, sucker. And what you do is you save those marriages because the average cost of a divorce for someone worth 25 million is about 12 and a half million. 20 million. <laughs> tw tw closer to 20 million, bro. Yeah. That's that's the minimum. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be screwed on way better than that. So never mind the emotional cost, never mind the relational cost, never mind the cost on the, the children have to bear. Yeah. Now you save these men from all these costs and you're talking to one of them and he's like, okay, man, let's work together. What do you, what's, what's the investment to work with you? And you go $500. He's going to look at you and go, what? Is this guy for real? Right. Does he even know what the hell he's doing? Right. The answer should have been $50,000. Right. Right. Because at 50,000, they might go, well, that's a lot of money. But they're going to show up on all the calls, ready to go, ready to work, ready to make things happen for themselves. Yeah. And I had a client. His name was Chris. Chris was an acupuncture clinic owner in Manhattan. Really cool dude. Smooth. Really good man. You know, just recently married, had a baby, a daughter, you know, lovely wife. Um, just one of those super, super cool men. And he, he did well. He made about 150000 but he lived in Manhattan. So, you know, that's what I call the golden handcuff zone, right? right. Between 60000 and a quarter million, brother, golden handcuff zone. It's, you know, it's enough money that, you know, you can do things, but it's not enough money to make your dreams come true. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so he came to me and he said, look, man, I, I need to make more money. I go, okay, how much more money do you want to make? He said, I want to make a million a year. I'm like, okay, a million a year, that's a big number. All right, let's, let's sit down, let's talk. And, you know, I looked at what he was charging. Brother, he had A-list clients. Robert De Niro was a client of his. Robert freaking De Niro, man. And he was charging a ridiculous amount. But I said, dude, you got to raise your fees, man. This, this isn't working for you or for your clients. He goes, okay. Right. I think he thought I was going to say 10, 20%, something like that, 25%. Right. I told him to 20-fold his prices. He goes, <gasps> 
I can't, I can't, I can't, he's man. Yeah, I'm like, dude, yeah, relax, yeah. man, relax. <laughs> he said, I can't, I can't, I can't. Finally, you know, he wasn't going to do it. He was like, he was just, it, it was not, like, it just jarred him so much. But eventually he sevenfolded his prices. Chess, sevenfolding his prices got him 20 times as many clients. Yeah. He, in less than four months, went from 150,000 to 1.2 million in revenue. Wow. Think about that. 1.2 million. Just from valuing what he does properly, because those people, those A-listers, they now felt comfortable bringing A-listers here because right. this guy charged. So imagine you're Robert De Niro. You don't want to be charging, paying what everybody else pays. You want to be paying I'm with the best guy in all of Manhattan. And here's how much he charges. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's status. He's not selling the service. He is selling the service, but he's also selling status. And uh, I think that that can be applicable for, for every single business, especially, especially if the client is a man, <laughs> you're selling, you're selling what we want, what we want most is, is status. And so, okay. What about a bad decision? What'd you do that was like, that did not work out so good. Oh man, that's a good question. I made a ton of bad decisions. Usually it, it all came around choosing to work with people I shouldn't have chosen to work with, you know? Yep. So la last year I signed somebody up and I work with my lady, tremendous lady. She, she's really good at picking out who we should and shouldn't work with. And that was just a woman who came to work with us and I signed her up. I was, you know, I was eager. I wanted to, I wanted the business. I wanted to help this lady out, but she was not ready to do the work. And she complained and just wasn't very nice to anybody. Like there was just bad vibes. And, yeah. you know, she did the program with us. She said she got a great result. But a few weeks later, she says, ah, I changed my mind. I didn't get a great result. I said, but I remember our conversation. She goes, well, you know, that was then. I've thought about it since. I've talked to a few people and I decided it was a bad experience. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was a good experience. You're just now revising the narrative, right? But it just taught me something that you don't want to be working with people who, quite frankly, are not going to respect who you are and that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and I learned that right now, the most important thing I do is I curate who we work with. Because, you know, we charge high ticket prices. Yeah. So we can afford to be a little bit choosy. And we are. So that's that was right. a good lesson. 100%. I think that the good and bad um, decisions that we've talked about here tie in well to each other. If, if you are charging a premium, then what it should do is it should give you the ability to make sure that it's a good fit for them and for you. I think that that, that lesson right there is, is really what it, business, or like you said at the very beginning, sales is about. If Even if I'm charging seven times the amount, if it allows me to provide and or even curate to make sure that I'm providing the absolute best premium experience, everybody wins. We don't let well, the people come through that aren't a good fit. <laughs> the people that do come through are happy to pay the fee. We, we produce a result because we've curated to make sure the exact right person comes through who all goes back to figuring out your message and your avatar, right? If you don't know that, then how can you curate? How can you make this program very, very specific? Love everything that you're talking about. What sort of a like process do you have? Like when it comes to decision-making, that's kind of what we've been analyzing here. A decision comes across your desk today. Is there, you know, four steps that you take or is there a mindset that you have around decisions today? 
you kind of mentioned decision-making is one of those key factors to be successful. What yeah, do you think? I get all the facts. I get all the facts and then I decide that's pretty much it. It's nothing more, more to it than that. Like, you know, someone wants to sell me something. First of all, I, I take a look and go, how, how can this help me? Can it help me? If the answer is no, then it's a no. If it can help me, then I go about looking at, is this the right thing for me? Right. And if it is, I'll buy it. If it's not, I won't. <laughs> Easy enough. Easy enough. You've, you've made decision-making sound very simple, which it is. I agree. It's simple. <laughs> for a lot of people, it's difficult though. You know, yeah. one of the other things that I think everybody has to do is everybody needs to have a coach, a mentor, and they need to invest in their own personal and professional development. Right. I used to be a personal fitness trainer. One of my clients was Robin Sharma, the author of the multi-million selling book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. And, you know, he and I would always talk while I was working out and training him. And, you know, one day Robin and I were chatting and he was telling me about how he helped a whole bunch of people make millions and millions of extra dollars. So I said to him, I said, so Robin, man, so tell me if I wanted to double my income, what would I need to do? Yeah. He said, oh, that's simple. I go, okay, tell me. He said, all you have to do is triple your investment in personal and professional development. Tell me more. He goes, well, listen, you're the most important asset in your business. You need to get better if you want to make more money. Yeah. And the only way you're going to get better is if you invest in yourself. You got to hire coaches, consultants to do programs, yep. go to conferences, read the books, listen to the podcast. That's the only way. So how much did you spend last year on your personal professional development? It, it, was, it was not a great amount at that time. It was, <laughs> yeah. This was a long time ago, but it yeah. was like, yeah couple of thousand bucks or something. Yeah, we've all been there. He said, you should even fivefold it to 10,000. I was like, whoa. So I listened to him. I did. I started to, you know, hire coaches, uh, join masterminds, go to conferences, and it worked. Yeah. And what I go and I teach other people is that they need to do the same. I mean, if you're a coach, if you're a consultant and you don't have a coach, think about that. Pretty hypocritical. Hypocritical. Oh, hypocritical. Everybody's a hypocrite. We're all hypocritical. So, I mean, that, that's not a big deal from my perspective, but it just, it, how, how can you in good conscience yeah, exactly. go out there and get other people to do the same? So you ought to invest in that. What does a good mentor or a good coach do for you? Well, first of all, they're going to give you good ideas and accountability. Uh, secondly, probably have a peer group you can join if they're, if they're really good at what they do, if they're great, right? like-minded people, good people. That's what we do for our folks. We give them accountability. We have good ideas and they're part of a curated peer group. That's what helps them that next level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've invested over a quarter million dollars over the years in my personal and professional development and counting. And each time it was a big decision. But right now, within a couple of months, that money gets paid back. <laughs> you know, So it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And one, one of the things that I share with everybody is you must, must invest in you. Don't wish life were easier. Wish you were better. Right. And don't just wish you were better. Make yourself better. Yeah. I love you know, that. That's paraphrasing the late great Jim Rohn a little bit. Yeah. Of course. That was what he used to say. Don't wish life were easier. Wish you were better. And I just, beyond wish you were better, make yourself better. 
Yeah. It's what you can control, right? Like not only making yourself better, but the acknowledgement of that you're the key, right? Like once you acknowledge that you're the key, everything changes because what you just said can actually happen. You can actually go make yourself better. There are actual ways you just gave many of them for you to be able to level up as an entrepreneur. And the cool thing is, is that it's an unwritten story. Meaning as an entrepreneur, there's not like, you know, most of us didn't go to like, you know, the three-step school <laughs> to become an entrepreneur. And so this is the path. This is the path to, to gaining a bigger mindset is, is the, some of the things that you've outlined here. So I just so appreciate that. Of course, we're in alignment there just because it's what's made me successful just the same, right? It's the, when I leveled up around other people, when I invested in myself, when I, when I even honed in on skills that I already had, but I needed, I knew that I needed to be better when you, when you double down on yourself and then of course on your team. And then of course on your family and all the things that are around us, eventually can't just always be just us, but man, it has to start with us. Would you like to add anything to that? Well, they're hundred percent true. hundred percent true. You gotta, you gotta surround yourself with like-minded people. That's super, super important. Yeah. Right. And you can't choose your family, but you can definitely choose your peer group. That's right. And that's super, super important. Right. So that's right. I love my family. They're not all business people and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's right. You know, uh, let me tell you one last story. This, yeah. This is a really, really amazing story. And it really brings all of this home. So a few years ago, there was a woman who came to us. She had been the country director for Canada for one of the world's largest personal development firms, largest and oldest. Okay. And you know, she decided to bring someone on board to help her run the business in Canada to grow it. Sure. Kind of like Steve Jobs did in the early days with John Scully and Apple. You, you know that story? Yeah. And kind of like that story, everybody got along at first, but eventually they had a falling out. Just like Steve Jobs would, was pushed out of Apple by John Scully, she was pushed out of her company by this fellow, right? And she floundered for a while. She was lost about 18 months or so, and she, she came to us at the recommendation of a friend and she could see there were good people around. So she wanted to be a part of that peer group. She wanted to have that energy lift her up Yeah, because you know not everyone in her family was, was an entrepreneur. Right. And we really helped her get her message dialed in. So, you know, she wasn't trying to be all things to all people. We helped her price appropriately and she did great. In her first month, she made 10,000. Her second month, she made 12,000. Her third month, she made 18,000. But in her fourth month, buddy, she just blew the doors off. She made $62,200 in a single month, which for an independent coach is a wonderful income. Yeah. So anyway, she lives in Ottawa in Canada and I live in Toronto. It's about a five hour drive. My eldest son plays soccer, or as I like to call it, the real football, because it's actually played with your feet. Sure, <laughs> you know? right, right, right. And he had a tournament in Ottawa. Okay. She had a son his age. So I called her up and I said, Hey, listen, we have a tourney in Ottawa. How would you like to bring your son? Come and watch the game, meet my son. We'll, we'll have lunch together after she said, that sounds great. So we did that. Everybody, you know, had a great time. And then we said goodbye and we went home a few weeks later. We had one of our quarterly branded thought leader immersion workshops. These are three-day workshops where we really do what we do. We help people learn everything they need to know to add one to two zeros to their annual income while working 10 to 20 hours less per week. Right. And we'd come to the part of that workshop, which I call the famous upsell. This is where we <laughs> upsell a four, full year-long mastermind. Sure. 
And the way I do it, man, is I don't really do the pitch. I have our people do the pitch for me. So I call it's way more effective. You know what I mean? Third party validation, all that. So I said, who would like to share? And before I could pick anybody, she just bounded on stage and said, me, me. I'm like, all right, great. And she looked over the crowd and then she started to cry, bawling, sobbing. And like any red-blooded man faced with a crying woman, I panicked. (laughs) (laughs) But I stayed calm on my exterior, just inside. I was like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. And then she looked at me in between sobs and tears said, Nikki, you didn't know this, but when you and your little son met with me and my little son, my little son, 12 years old at the time, just like little boys do, very excited. goes, mommy, 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 who are we going to go meet? Who are we going to go meet? And she said, oh, we're going to meet Nikki Baloo and his son. And then she said to me, all of a sudden, my excited, excitable little boy got very quiet, very serious and very somber and said, oh, mommy, are we going to meet the man who saved our family? And I looked at her and Chaz, I'm no snowflake. I don't cry in public, but I cried. We hugged, both crying, both sobbing. And then she disengaged and she looked at me and between her, her tears said, Nikki, when I met with you, I hadn't worked in 18 months and had no income. We hadn't paid our mortgage in months. The bank was about to foreclose on our home. My husband and I were fighting every day in front of our three small children. It looked like we were going to lose our precious family. Yeah. She said, Nikki, you literally saved our family. So I learned a couple of things from this, Jazz. Number one, I learned you never know what someone's dealing with in life, brother. Trent. You just never know. They're not comfortable telling you yet. Yeah. And so secondly, it's my job. God, God has a mission for me. And the mission is to be of service to people. Right. You know, to be of service to people. And I ask God to put someone like this lady in front of me every single day. Because if I can be of service to someone like her, then I'm fulfilling my mission on earth. And that's what I'm looking to do. And another thing that happened was that we handed out our registration to everybody. And keep in mind, this is a high ticket program, year long. And normally some people sign up, some people don't. And some people need to be persuaded. What you gotta understand is that everybody signed up. There was no persuasion required immediately. And that's the power of something like this happening. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, was, it wasn't a sales technique. It wasn't right. a strategy. It was just genuine. honestly coming from the heart and wanting to make a difference for somebody and somebody just appreciating it enough to share it with, the, with people in a very authentic, heartfelt way. Yeah, 100%. Well, I, to a degree, I feel like that's what we're doing now. We're not talking about necessarily how we've helped each other, but we're talking about the, the things inside of each one of our stories. 
And, uh, and that's, and that's what we're here for is so that the listener can pull these things out. They've been able to pull out your framework on how to be successful. They've been able to pull out the three P's they've been able to pull out, you know, how to have, hone in their message. I mean, you've given them how to increase their prices, you know, all this mindset <clears throat> behind running their business um, successfully. And a lot of the things that are holding them back or, or the thing that's holding them back from a lot of these things that you're talking about is probably fear. And just like in that conference that day, the fear or the unknown of those other people melted because they got to see genuine, authentic result, as well as just they could tell uh, there was trust. There was, there was a level there of whatever she has, I need. And so I think that if I can, if I can package that up and deliver it to the listener in a way of the the ability that you have as the listener. I mean, we're specifically talking right now to people who probably haven't hit the seven figure mark in their business. And for me, looking back, what the a lot of the things that you're talking about, the self-development, the personal growth, and then also the confidence in self to be able to charge more, to be able to really hone in the message, to really be able to do all these things comes from them getting over the fear of hiring somebody or pressing into personal development, going to a conference, joining a peer-to-peer group, all these things that we that you've been talking about of the, of the reasons for success. And so I just wanted to take a second and highlight all these things that you've been dropping because the, the podcast has been really, really thick with really incredible information. And so the listener, I hope that you're paying attention. I hope that you've taken some notes, but specifically, I want you to write down the word fear because if you can remove the fear, all these things that Nikki's talking about come to life because you're not, you're not, you're not worried. You're not anxious about what people are going to think about you or how much it's going to cost or whatever. You just hear the story of lady on stage and you think, okay, let me take action. I want what she wants. And, and whatever the action step that you need to take is, I just want to encourage you to take it. Nikki, I got, I got a, a question here. I got just two questions here for you in the speed round. I want to, I want to go a little bit tactical on you. And then I want to come back to this mindset that you're just so good at. I want to know in your business, what would be the one thing that you would track if you could only pick one thing? One thing that I would track? That's easy, bro. The number of conversations I have with people I can potentially help. That's the one I'd, I'd track. Yeah, I love it. Top of the funnel. And then another practical question for you. If you only had one hour each week to successfully run your business, like what would you do in that one hour tactfully so that you could still be successful if you only had the one hour? I'd be having conversations with people, man. Good. Those are easy to, uh, to align. Last question here for you. If you could whisper in the younger Nikki's ear, what would you tell him? I'd tell him to get started in business even sooner. Honestly, that's the one thing I do. Take more chances and start sooner. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Take more chances. Start sooner. Start now, right? Like you can't, you can't go back. Start now. Exactly. Start now. Start changing now because even if they've launched in their, in their own business, they just need to start now, the, the trajectory upwards. Nikki, how can the listener find you? I mean, you've been incredible here today. There's obviously lots of resources that I'm sure that the listener can, can, can get by connecting with you. How can they find you? So I got a couple of podcasts, you know, Thought Leader Revolution podcast. I interview the top thought leaders in the world on that. And I got another podcast for men called the Sovereign Man Podcast. Those are some great ways. But if you're a business owner and you want to grow your business and 
you're not getting the traction you want to get, the best thing to do is go to my main website, thecircleacademy.com. There's a button there that says book a success call. Click on that button and fill out the application form. And let's have a real honest conversation about where you are in business, where you want to get to, and what has been getting in the way of you getting there. What isn't working in that business? And then let's build a blueprint to get you from where you are to where you want to get to. We got to get you out of hell. We got to get you to heaven. And what I want to just say to you is, I know you're probably listening to this and going, oh, yeah, that's great, but I could never. Yeah, you could. It's a real and sincere offer. Yeah. And I was on a show once, which had a million downloads a week. Okay. And I made this offer on that show. And 42 people got on my calendar. The host of the show was freaking out going, dude, you're going to have like 5,000 people going. I'm, I wish you were right, but you're not. Yeah. 42 people out of a million was all that signed up. And all I'm going to say to you is, you know, if you're listening to this and that's you and you're like stuck and you want that conversation, I'm giving you a real genuine opportunity to do this. Don't, don't get afraid. Don't get nervous. Take it. There's a reason you're listening to the show. There's no accidents and you're being given a nudge by God to take action. So listen to him and take that action. That's all I'm going to say. Love it. Nick, you've been incredible. We wish you nothing but blessing and success on your business, your clients, your family. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.